You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Good day, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network for some brand new content here. Our first time covering Amazing Race Australia. I. You know, the last time we talked about the Amazing Race Australia, we were calling ourselves Survivor Oz, and we talked only about Survivor and sometimes went into Amazing Race and stuff like that. But now, officially, as the Oz Network, we are here to cover the reboot of the Amazing Race Australia with new hosts, new contestants, and but uh, hey, it's back on our screen, so we can't be overly upset the fact that we have. Some great characters, some great moments, and some interesting episodes to definitely get through. As you can tell, I am your host, Rossi, and I'm joined by our resident Amazing Race Australia fan, Jared. Jared, welcome. Thank you. It's, uh, it's good to be back, and it's uh, exciting to be talking about Amazing Race Australia. Who would have thought um, that we'd get it back on the air, but here we are. How long has it been since season three? Do you know off the top of your head? I do not, so generically too long, um, but at a guess, what are we thinking, like four years, five years? Yeah, it was just before the close of Survivor Oz, I would say, so whatever that was for all the old school fans out there. <laughs> but obviously a lot has changed in the reboot. I think last time it was on Channel 9, or was it always on Channel 10? It was on Channel 7 last time, and it was 2014, so five years. Okay, so five years. New network, so we're on a completely different one. What is the Channel 10 known for? Uh, Channel 10 is most well known for the amazing, uh, the amazing Race Australia, obviously. <laughs> um, that was not what I wanted to say. It was <laughs> Australian Survivor, The Bachelor slash The Bachelorette, uh, and MasterChef. What about Love Island Australia? No, Love Island is a Channel Nine property. Oh, what 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 um is going to be? Where's the big boot? Uh, big Brother reboot going? Big Brother's going to uh, Channel Seven, so I think that means they'll have aired on uh, ten, uh, nine, and seven. So they've done uh, well sharing the love. What about eight? No, <laughs> Channel Eight is not a thing. But uh, he's hoping that um, <laughs> I think it's got a good ring to it. I mean, you got seven. Nine and ten. Why can't you have eight? Anyway, we're not here to talk about Australian um, television programming, but um, a lot has changed. Um, One of the things I wanted to talk to you about before we really get into the episodes itself is obviously a very different host. We no longer have Grant Bowler. We have Bo Ryan. And I didn't look anything up about him, so I'd like you to fill us in on who this uh, new host is and kind of your general thoughts on him as a host and replacement of Grant. Uh, so Bo is an ex-rugby league player. Um, I don't know if he was good at rugby league or not. Uh, then he was on kind of like the footy show, which is on Channel 9, because uh, you need to know your information on your networks. Um, and he's been an interesting host. Um, I think initially... My reception was negative after watching the first episode, but I think after the second episode, I've kind of got more used to 
uh, his style. I think there's still things that can be fixed. I'm glad that the yelling wasn't as extreme in the second episode because in the first episode, every time he spoke, I was like, do you need to yell everything you say? Um, but I'm coming around to it. I mean, obviously, uh, mourning the loss of uh, Grant Bowler as host, um, he definitely should have been approached, and I think he can do better things than border security. I think that's a little bit of a waste of his talent narrating that show. Um, but who knows? Maybe uh, we'll get him back at some stage uh, when The Amazing Race Australia is rebooted on Channel 8. Uh, yeah, so obviously we're a little sad here. I think everyone, I think even Colin mentioned in some of the notes, obviously Colin's not here, but he sent some notes ahead and he said something about Grant being missed. Uh, he still misses Grant, but he thought that Bo was w- way better than he expected. Um, and, he, and Colin was obviously praising his commentary toward the end of the second episode on that overlook, uh, which we'll get to, mm-hmm. but I thought that was pretty enjoyable. I think... I think what you said was really interesting, that he has his own style. I think I was too much expecting, you know, a Grant or a John or a Phil or something like that, but it has his own kind of flair, and I think that comes from being a sport person, and you could tell by his desire to hug every team as they checked in and things like that. (laughs) Uh, We'll get to that, because I have a lot to say, but uh, you can tell that he has a different take on the show. Uh, He's a lot less... Um, unbiased, I would say, but not in a bad way. It's just kind of the way that he is. Um, but I think that, you, like you said, he's vastly improved from episode one to episode two, and I think that he'll get better as it goes along. I think that comes with the territory of being a new host in any show. Um, so we have high hopes for Mr. Ryan going forward here. Uh, and just kind of quickly on the teams in initial castings and kind of before you made your predictions, were you any standouts other than the nuns i know you kind of love that we have nuns but oh, any casting fan standouts? Of the nuns. um other standouts i don't think anybody in particular i think the big takeaway um that i i haven't seen anything negative on and everybody's really happy about is the amount of diversity in the cast um i think they've knocked that out of the ball car- ballpark and nothing <laughs> about the casting feels token like it feels like they really made a point of getting interesting teams and the fact that uh it's so diverse is kind of like an afterthought um yeah nobody feels like they've been pigeonholed into a particular category and i think this is just like a really positive step forward and i'm hoping that kind of we see this trend uh in other shows that have tended to kind of lack that diversity uh like uh, australian survivor um yeah, I think this is proving that um, yeah, casting diverse is really a positive thing, and it works. These teams are interesting, uh, and they've kind of delivered. I think the problems more so have been with the race and production, but team-wise, um, everything's been really fantastic. I have struggled a little bit with the teams. I feel like good on diversity, good on like range of race styles and sort of that kind of way of playing the game and stuff like that. I just struggle with I feel like some of them are not personalities enough I think that you know like we're just coming off of Amazing Race Canada where you had teams like uh Lauren and Joanne big personalities but not not faking it in any way but they're they're that entertaining people you've got you know Dave and Arena who were causing a lot of trouble and they were a personality you know and even some of the other teams like you think of Anthony and James and they had their own style and stuff and I feel like this these teams haven't done that yet 
I, maybe that is it flawed the race itself. Maybe I'm just being harsh on the cast, but I think that some peeps are like interesting in concept, but they're not really giving us interesting. Like I'm loving the deadly duo, but they're not really giving the camera much or stuff like that. That I'm, I'm hoping is an issue of the race, not the teams. Cause I think they're interesting in their own right. So let's kind of get into the episodes themselves. Um, one major thing we need to talk about at the very beginning, they're not starting in Australia and they're starting in South Korea already. Um, interesting choice. I don't know how you thought, what you thought about it. Yeah, I wasn't a massive fan, I suppose, that kind of you're out of your own country so quickly. And if everybody's on the same flight, which I feel like they tend to be on like the first episode, yeah, it doesn't really matter that you're not starting uh, at home in Australia. But I kind of like the concept that you're racing around the world and you kind of come back to your starting point. Um, so like, it's not a big issue, but for me, yeah, I like the kind of closure of we begin in Australia, we finish in Australia. Um chance to see a little bit more of Australia too on a race that's primarily outside of the country. I did think it was interesting. They, they tried to have fun and make it their own. They started at the finish line, like uh, not <laughs> Grant. Um, too soon. <laughs> uh, Bo was at the, like the, the team that wins the amazing race Australia will check in here at this pit stop. Like, I just thought that was an interesting way of starting, like making it your own and, you know, a unique way of starting. And I think it has interesting, like merit in its own way to do with that. Um, I like, like you said, at first I was really negative. I was like, why are they starting there? That's so stupid. And then I realized, you know what? It gets rid of the worst parts of the premiere episode. Like everyone's going to run to their bag, maybe do a small challenge. And then they're going to all get into a car and go to the airport and then, no, there's going to be drama. Oh, my God, are we at the right ticket, ticket counter? Like, like the, that stuff's kind of not necessary, and we don't have to deal with that. So I don't mind that. Uh, my only thought at the beginning was, please tell me that these teams didn't have to pay for this flight to South Korea. Right. <laughs> I was like, please tell me that race covered this. Because uh, they weren't all on the same flight, it seemed. like They seemed like they were all on different flights. No, and did they did they have their Halo Bankwest rings by then? <laughs> um. I'm not sure if they did, um, but we've only seen we only saw the the ring one, so who knows when they got it? Um, and they also had cameras filming them, so who knows what kind of the production of that was? But it was an interesting start, um, and obviously throughout this whole beginning, we're getting peppered with oh, we know each other from this, or we're sisters, and we do this a little bit, um, but it. Uh, the problem at the beginning is that it lacked all the interest. Like there was no like drama to it. Like it wasn't a big deal. They were just outside at a, the sign that said soul, I think. And that was it or something. And it was just, there was no drama to it. And they didn't even announce the teams in any special way. And then there was no dramatic run up to the starting line. Like they were all just standing mm-hmm. there. Like it was just cut and everyone was there. And um, Bo was asking random questions and, it's just a very odd start. Yeah, I agree. I think the fact that um, there was no intro in the first uh, episode either, yeah, um, it was kind of a, a really 
um, spaced out introduction to the teams throughout the episode, which is like a typical like Australian TV thing, and it's so like common in like Australian Survivor of like episode four. Now let's give this person their big <laughs> yeah. intro package. Um, so yeah, I just it was different than we were used to, and I think while some of the like uh, changes, like the finish line at the start, was kind of cool to see. Um, this was one that I don't think really worked that well. I think, yeah, I agree. I would have liked kind of the team by team, like running into the mat, learn a little bit about them. Um, yeah, and some type of bigger start. I'm almost over the like run to your backpack for your first clue thing. Um, I would have liked to see a challenge immediately, like the whole digging in the sand we got on the last season of uh, The Amazing Race US. Um, yeah, or... Um... The last season of when Australia versus New Zealand, they did that tug of war at the very beginning. Mm. And yeah, obviously it was playing on the theme. Bo would have been good to see. Yeah, Bo could have been an, a beast at like commentating over a, a physical challenge like that. Mm. I think Bo they, and the cheerleaders versus the team. <laughs> yeah, they should have um, brought those uh, pit stop greeters at the beginning and done a challenge or something. And it didn't help that there was no, like, dramatic um, send-off line. It was a 3-2-1 go. Oh, don't. (laughs) I think that's, like, my biggest criticism is just I'm, like, fine with him, like, bringing his own things in and, and trying to set himself apart. Like, he doesn't have to be a carbon copy of Phil or any of the other hosts, but, like, there's some lines that just work well and should be stuck to and the whole kind of, like, travel safe, like this, that, whatever else, the whole arm up at the start, <laughs> and just, we'll get to it later, but the whole, like, the wording of, like, the checking in at the mat, oh, it's just the worst. <laughs> Um, just like some lines work and they should be kept for a reason. So just branch out in your other parts, but then keep to the script on, on the well-known stuff. Uh, yeah, it was a little cringe for some of those things that I, that you missed. Like those are the sign of the staples. Like, uh, like they don't change it. Like you don't lose your originality in saying like, you're team number one, or you were the first team to arrive, except you didn't do this or something like, like there's no loss of concept or originality when you do something like that. It's just kind of tradition of the show that makes it fun. And I think that was kind of the biggest issue in Australia television, trying to be Australian television, like wanting to branch out so much that they kind of forgot the roots of what they were doing. Um, which isn't always the case, because Australian Survivor, I think, did a good job of knowing what to change and what to keep and stuff like that. So uh, we'll see how it goes in the future, um, how you know all these kinds of nuances uh, play out. Um, but they're not too terribly distracting from the thing. Like, we can cringe at, like, he says, you're the first team to check in or whatever he says, but it's not the worst. Like, we can, we'll live. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we also have our cash or, or sponsorship of the race this money ring uh do you know anything about this is this a big thing or i don't think it's a big thing there's definitely ads about it on tv uh, um kind of the hip new thing to do so you don't have to carry a wallet around um but you're just hoping kind of everywhere accepts tap and go uh it's no 
Cashback Master Elite card or, or whatever from uh, the Amazing Race Canada. Um, and, like, who knows how, like, frequently it's going to, like, feature in the things. And some of the places, you're like, they're not going to accept your Halo ring in, like, the middle of nowhere, surely. Yeah, these small little villages in yeah. Korea. And I didn't like that we didn't know how much money they had for the leg. It's just like their money from the leg will be on this Bankwest Halo ring. It's like, yeah, but how much do they get? Like, is like, what are we talking? And just unlimited funds this season of, of do what you want, which it seemed to be with the amount of taxi rides and just <laughs> I don't know, it just kind of obscures that cleanliness of you've got this amount of dollars for the leg that's been specifically calculated to work out. You've got to really ration it. Like, I just like. Oh, our Halo ring's out of money. Like, it's just weird if that happens during, like, and, and probably not great sponsorship for Bankwest, too. <laughs> yeah, um, Alana and Nico had an unlimited fund of money. <laughs> <laughs> they were taking hours of rides everywhere. And they took their whole trip around South Korea in a cab and still had money left over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I th- they did say it at the beginning of the second episode, to be fair, when I heard one of the teams mention that they had a certain amount of um, whatever the money in Korea is. But So they did mention, I think the first episode is a little bit uh, hokey pokey. The first pokey. episode was missing a lot. I mean, which made okay. A lot of the mistakes in the first episode were kind of corrected in the second episode, so it also seemed to be like a time thing of like, it's the premiere, we wanted to devote as much time to the teams as possible, which we, which really did they do with the amount of teams that just went completely missing. Um, but like, yeah, I, I didn't catch it in the second episode, but I'm glad that that was in. And same as like, prizes at the pit stop was like, that came in in the second episode and the intro as well. Um, so like, just... Saving a little bit of time wasn't really worth it, but glad that those uh, elements are a thing. So the first trip task that they have to do is they have to get to this tower and they have to kind of find their next clue. Classic Amazing Race. Um, I mean, one thing that I had a criticism of in the first episode was that they were all repeat challenges we've seen on other seasons that didn't have anything new to it. Um, but this first challenge was a, a kind of a classic staple that I don't mind seeing. It's always an interesting uh, challenge. And I think that especially seeing at how many teams like actually struggled with it was kind of surprising. And really what gave the drama of the episode, I think after this, it really didn't do much. But I think this really set off a good start. Um, and we also get the intrigue of our very first Alliance episode one. Um <laughs> Uh, Mateship and uh, the other team. I don't remember their names. But uh, do you like our first alliance? Um, I'm okay with it. As, as long as you don't get too much of it. Um, I'm just hoping that we get kind of the drama and the cutthroatness, uh, which is sometimes missing from Australian television in, in kind of casting. Um, but I suppose we've got... Um, Sid and Ash to carry that for uh, as long as they last. But I don't, in immediate, like, two episodes in, I don't see any teams being those, um, maybe the nuns were the only team that would be like that, but no sort of mateshipy or, like, you know, we won't do anything bad because we're good people kind of attitude. I, don't, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, I, I'm glad that um, 
to like the alliance like it's a thing but we haven't seen like heaps of like helping each other out and it feels like everyone's very much running their own race um which is good to see and it doesn't seem like anyone's gonna be like you know, oh, we, we, you're, we're going to help you. Like, we're going to go out of our way because we're good people. Like, any sort of attitudes like that, which is a relief to see, especially when you go to Australian television. I always worry a little bit. Mm. But the first challenge I thought was really fun, like, to find, find this really small flag on the area where they have to go. And there's a postcard which will have instructions when you get there, like, find something Australian or, or what they were specifically looking for but i thought that it was a fun challenge i thought we saw a lot of teams struggle um you know the nuns unknowingly tricked another team taking the wrong card and going halfway across the country uh so it was a lot of interesting dramas sid and ash going all the way down to the pretty much going to the destination they had to go to walking all the way back up and then doing it and then sort of trying to trick the teams along the way i thought there was just a lot of fun moments to be had here yeah, for something that I assume was kind of meant to really be like a stock standard challenge that they probably weren't thinking was going to have this much impact, um, it turned out to be really exciting. I loved too, like when they first show this, then like they pan and there's a shot of like this like red bus next to a yellow bus. And I'm like, is, is that where they're meant to be going? And then like they pan further over to see the actual like flags in the spot. But um. Yeah, just everybody seemed to really struggle at it. And these challenges are, re- are usually really simple, and it's more so like they find it easy, but it's the navigation to get there that's the difficult part. Um, but, yeah, I just think the fact that they had the postcards is really smart, that, like, the nuns getting told by, like, some random people who work at the place that, oh, no, we don't normally stock this postcard <laughs> Um, and then tricking the other team inadvertently to going to the wrong place. And there was just so much going on. Sid and Ash going down those stairs to get to, like, the observatory tower. Um, <laughs> that's just... It was just this... And, like, even just the elevator, that it could only take so many people. And then Tom and Tyler and Viv and Joey pushing the line and getting in front of Haley and Michaela. Um, it was just like chaos and like this it was such a long segment of the episode and it was like where in the order of the teams what's exactly happening how long have they been there for people just like not even looking for the destination just rattling through all postcards (laughs) just trying to find randomly where they're meant to go um like definitely i think the highlight of the first two episodes really um and a difficult challenge in two legs that one of my criticisms would be that the challenges weren't difficult enough. And the fact that, like you mentioned before, that they're things that we've seen before on other seasons, but at kind of like an easier level than we've witnessed before. Um, I like, I'm just really glad that this was uh, in the episode because there was just so much going on and there's so much to talk about around it. It was really cool. You know, these kinds of challenges or moments are always so interesting to me because I always think about, like, what production expects versus, like, what actually happens and, like, you know, what happens in Survivor with idols, how they never expect this to happen or this twist or certain certain things to play out. And I bet they thought that this would be super simple for the teams. Like, just kind of get your, like, warmed up, like, find the thing and then find the postcard. Like, simple. Like, how hard could it be, like, how many of the landmarks are visible from this tower or whatever. And the, 
it like creates way more drama than they ever expected. Like teams are going wrong destinations. Teams are not going to the right places. And it's, it was probably completely different from what they expected. And people cutting in elevators, like there was just so much going on that even the stuff that wasn't a challenge became interesting. Uh, and so obviously we have our villain team, Sid and Ash, sort of really committing to like, they're like, if we're going to go down, we're bringing teams with us. Um, unfortunately, it didn't really work out and they didn't really have much of an impact in terms of saving themselves. They just got lucky that the other teams sucked so much that they were saved. Um, and then obviously this they were supposed to find this clue at the bottom of the you know, wherever this is, I don't even know what it was called, but this mound where the, the quotes are. And apparently even finding the clue itself was harder than expected. Like, uh, what was it? Alana and Nico were there at night, but they couldn't find the clue. Apparently they were there three times, I said. And then Sid and Ash were standing in front of it for hours and then, like, finally found it when stepping back. Like, it's crazy that this brought so much to the race. Yeah, I think another kind of moment where they thought this is going to be simple and it played out completely different. Um, I like the fact that they like find the Australian connection. And then when they show the clues like right underneath it on the surf, I'm like, well, how is anybody ever going to miss that? You'll just walk around the thing. But then, yeah, the fact that Sid and Ash couldn't find it and then they're over um, thinking the situation of like, I think just like one of the people standing around here has a clue when they like go off to start asking people and like members of the public are like, what, like, why are you talking to me? Um, yeah, really good. And I like that this kind of, separated the teams a bit um, from the big cluster of just everybody being upstairs uh, trying to figure out what was going on. And so kind of moving on from here, you get tasked is the next one, which is the roadblock where um, we literally just saw this challenge, but even harder in Canada where you have to do the, I don't even know what, what did they call it in the episode? Fly? It's called like flyboarding or something. Fly? I didn't catch it, but they have to flyboard two meters up in the air, and then if they do that, they get the clue. Uh, I don't even remember what Canada did, but they did it way harder and more difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, it was final leg versus first leg, so maybe that's a part of why they made it so simple. But uh, really, kind of boring challenge. I think um, the nuns were the only one to make it interesting. Um, when she's praying for levitation and the other one says that she walked on water. Uh, those are the only memorable moments from my perspective of the challenge. How'd you feel? Yeah, I think seeing it so recently and the fact that it was so much harder, and I was thinking about this as well, like I agree with what you said that it was the final leg, but like it just felt too easy for teams to get. Like I was the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, oh my gosh, like the nuns, like, they're not going to be able to do it. I'm like, they're going to lose this leg because even though they're ahead of the other team at the moment, that they're going to get to this challenge and just, like, not have any, like, core strength or be able to complete it. Uh, And then when everybody starts kind of breezing through it, you had, like, um, Adrian, like, finished it on, like, her first go. And, like, the most interesting thing here was the graphic of how high they were going. And then, like, the Korean judge just, like, <laughs> laughing at them. Um, but, 
yeah, it was really hard to keep up with the order, I felt, at this point, too. Like, everybody's, like, in the water at once, but, like, you didn't really know where people were, um, which is, like, I think another criticism I have is, like, you just, like, there was no sense of where teams were in relation to one another throughout the episode, um, which I suppose is a thing to try to create suspense, but you want some sense of how teams have ended up in a certain order and where teams are, and there was just a lack of checking in with teams throughout, I think, both of the episodes uh, that really kind of lost me along the way. Yeah, it was a, a bit rough. Um, I think still trying to shake off those nerves and kind of see how things go, but um, I'm hoping it gets better. We, I mean, we're only two episodes in on a who-knows-how-many-episode season, so here's hoping. Um, so after that, they get the detour, which is stack them high or fold them low or whatever, uh, fold them up or whatever, uh, whatever it was called. Uh, these two fold them there. fast. What? Fold them fast. Oh, fold them fast. Uh, yes. Fold them faster. Stack them high. Thanks. Um, two very uh, opposed challenges. Um, cup stacking or dumpling making. Uh, I think one was too easy and the other was just too long and it kind of sucked out all the drama of the pit stop or sort of the arriving to the pit stop because the teams that pretty much you get there, you do it, it's done for both of them. But like one was a little more interesting and then, I don't know. It just wasn't, wasn't a high detour in my eyes. Uh, I don't know if you had any positives on it. Uh, not really. I think the cup stacking was another thing that we've seen before. And like the American version was a similar thing of like in that they had less time than in this one. Um, and teams seem to struggle with it, but I just don't know if it's the editing, but it didn't feel like they really struggled. Um, I like, we haven't got like a big meltdown moment yet, which I'm hoping we get at some point. Um, cause you have teams struggling and they've put up like graphics of like, it's their 29th try, but, like, I feel like we're not seeing enough in between for it to feel, like, frustrating or difficult. Um, I mean, the more interesting of the two to watch was the cup stacking, but the one with the more drama was the dumplings because of the whole Sid and Ash situation, which I don't know how you feel about it, but to me, like, this is definitely, like, a penalty situation. Like, the fact that they took two of the nun's dumplings, like, it was interesting, good television, but, like, to me, that's the same as if they had picked up two of, like, the nun's dumplings and just, like, thrown them in the bin. Like, it shouldn't make a difference that they use it for themselves. Like, they've interfered with another team's, like, challenge progress. Like, I was, like, surely this is, like, a penalty when they get to the mat for doing this. Uh, but then they're just, like, nothing of it. I don't know. I didn't hate it. I thought it was a fun moment. Like when she was like, she said it jokingly. Like she, she didn't mean like let's actually do it. And she's he just went and did it. I thought it was funny. Like obviously, uh, part of me was like, is this a rule break? Um, but I, you know, I, I thought it was fine. Like <clears throat> the nuns didn't get eliminated, so I wasn't too bent out of shape because of it. But like you said, that side of the detour had way more drama in terms of what was going on and especially because when the nuns arrived and the deadly duo was leaving you know they they left that message of don't trust them they're they're liars they're they're cheaters they'll do whatever they can 
and then they go and do that to the nuns thing. It's just funny how all that sort of played out. Yeah, I suppose I had fair warning. I think, like, I was concerned, too, and, like, we've run out of dough, we need to get more. It's like, are are they even allowed to do that? (laughs) Do they just need to start completely again? Like, surely they give you enough dough to, like, make the amount of dumplings at the start. Um, But, like, the judge was definitely, like, too lenient (laughs) with, like, the dumplings. Yeah, they only we t- only saw, like, Tim and Rod, like, <laughs> two were rejected. <laughs> and then everybody else, apparently, apparently, according to what was shown, got it on their first try. And they just looked, like, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> you know, when Sid and Ash took the dumplings, I was like, it would be so funny if those were the t- dumplings that were rejected when they went to go get checked. I just thought that would be really funny if, like, in some sort of karma way, those are the ones, the ones they stole were the ones that were rejected. Uh, but, I, yeah, like, there was nothing dramatic about the making of the dumplings, except they were like, oh, it's harder than I'd be, or something like, I don't know, some generic lines that they were forced to say. Um, and the cup stacking was cup stacking. I thought the only interesting moment was... Um, one of the footy guys, like, freaking out because he couldn't do it, and then did it, and then they were like saw that the other team like arrived and like, Oh, it's going to take them a long time. And I think it was Viv and Joey and they just did it like on two attempts. They didn't even practice. They just went straight into the, uh, trying of it and they got it on their second or third attempt, which I thought was funny. And then, yeah, they go to the pit stop, which, uh, (laughs) didn't really have any drama because they didn't show any traveling to the pit stop. Teams were running there. Teams took cabs. It was, a little confusing. I always like to know like where the pit stop is in relation to the challenge before it. So if it's a far trip or close or is the dumpling place closer than the cup stacking place, but there was no sort of awareness of that. We were too focused on other things to really show that. Um, and that was about it. They check in on this bridge. I loved the, the pit stop readers. I don't know if you were fans of them, but I love them. Yeah, I was definitely uh, a fan of the Pit Stop Greeters, and I think the one thing that Bo has done really well is the interactions with the Greeters, like getting them involved um, and, and like talking to them, which is a thing that Phil does, but I feel like it's definitely something that happened kind of like later in like Phil's like amazing race career than like early on. So I think the fact that that's there from the start is really positive. I And I also enjoyed the moments of, like, Bo doing the tasks um, oh, yeah. in the show as well. I like that kind of that's a thing that they've um, added in. Like, I've seen, like, lots of, like, comparisons between Bo and, like, John Montgomery. Um, and why I think there's definitely, like, a disparity in quality of hosting, um, I can see that he's more kind of that type of character um, than kind of just, like, a straight-laced uh, Phil. Well, they're both ex-athletes, so it kind of makes sense that they're more alike than Phil. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, we have to talk about the really uncomfortable moment where he starts hugging the teams like as they check in. Like, you're, you're the first, what is it, the first team to check in? Is that what he says? No, you are team, wait, no, what is it? Yeah, no, I think you're right. You are the big break first team to check in at the pit stop or at the mat. And then, like, the same for everybody. You are the second team to check in at the pit stop. 
just really long and uh, <laughs> awkward and doesn't create any, like, suspense or, like, the moment when, like, oh, are they going to guess, like, what like what team do you think you are here? Um, and, the, like, the hugs. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the fact that it was four. Like, we didn't see it for every single team, but, like, like maybe eight out of the 11 teams. Like, it was a thing. And, like... Like what was that? <laughs> it's just so I I love how like it's so completely opposite to like Phil or John where like like they don't automatically hug the teams and then you get a really exuberant team that like runs in and like hugs Phil and like lifts him up and spins him around. And here it's like um, I might just uh, give you guys an awkward hug. Uh, why not? And then like, the- I feel like. And the cheerleaders like rejected by everyone. <laughs> and the cheerleaders come in, hug too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All about the positive vibes, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a little uncomfortable. I was so glad that it, I don't think it happened in the second episode. I think maybe once. But no, it, you know, it, looked, it definitely looked like he wanted to, but maybe somebody hit us <laughs> told him just how like uncomfortable and like awkward it just looked and he, he had to restrain himself you know it's just also a little like physically awkward because they're wearing like heavy backpacks with all their stuff in it and then you have this huge guy trying to hug you like when you're holding your back it's just like weird and you're already tired like you don't want to hug uh i was not a fan i'm glad to see i really hope it doesn't happen in the third episode um but yeah that was it and um We'll kind of go quickly through kind of the check-ins, but we have to talk about Alana and Nico being so out of it that they finally find the clue in the middle of the night, and then they have to go to the roadblock, and they, it's closed because it's so late at night, and then they get to just run to the pit stop because everyone else probably checked in at that point. Yeah. like the... I, I was glad of the result just because I was like, please don't let the nuns go home first. Um, but this was, like, where they just needed to be, like, more check-ins with them throughout, like, the leg. Because when they get they get to whatever other tower they went to, for who knows what reason, just the nuns holding a postcard was enough to send them that way. Um, and they make this comment of, like, we've traveled, like, an hour to get here. And, you know, I'm watching it, and I'm like, surely, like, that's just, like, hyperbole. Like, it hasn't been really been, like, an hour. They're just, like, saying that. But uh, evidently, uh, maybe it was actually even longer than an hour <laughs> it took them to get there. Because then we just we just don't see them again, pretty much. You, we see them at, maybe at the tower, like, looking for, like, and getting the actual spot they're meant to go to. But they're just absent, like, the whole episode. There just need to be a couple more, like, check-ins of them. Like, it would have been boring, but just, like, okay, look, they're still in the cab. Or Alana and Nico currently still in last place. Um because even when they get to the like, the roadblock and it's closed, like at this point, like not everybody's checked in at the mat. So like I'm thinking, is this a point of they're going to arrive at the pit stop before the nuns but be issued like a massive penalty because they haven't done two tasks? Um, and it was just we- it was just weirdly edited and, and, and produced, um, that segment. Because like it could have just been like a bow meeting them at the – uh, roadblock if they were that far behind. Like, we didn't need to see them get all the way to the mat. 
you know, they made an effort to make all the way to the to the pit stop. They had to go to see the, the uh, pit stop greeters, I guess. You're the last team to arrive. You have been eliminated. Also, you have a four-hour penalty because you haven't completed two tasks, which we want you to sit out right now. I mean, it would have been maybe like I, my thought was maybe at first I was like, oh, maybe they're doing a non-elimination on the first episode or something, which is why like we haven't seen them. Like maybe they'll get more episode screen time in the second one. They'll just have a major penalty or a speed bump or who knows what they're going to do in this version. But I was like, maybe that's why we're not seeing them because they're going to just be here next episode. So it doesn't matter too much. And But nope, they're actually eliminated. Um We'll get to predictions at the end, uh, but kind of first episode in, because I know we have to talk about two episodes in this first week of podcasting, but uh, just running through really quickly the check-in, it was the footy guys, Viv and Joe, the sisters, um, Tim and Rod, the nurses, Deadly Duo, uh, Chris and Adrian, Rowan Amani, uh, Team Instagram, the nuns, and then the young kids. Any sort of surprises one episode in about where people were doing, how they were doing, anything like that? Um, I don't think anything that really shocked me. Um, yeah, I think everything was kind of about where I thought people would um, finish up. Like, I figured, like, the nuns are going to be towards the back of the pack for as long as they're in the race. Uh, I think maybe going in, I expected Sid and Ash to do uh, a little bit better, but uh, those expectations have been well and truly squashed at this point. Um, but no, I think everybody was kind of around where I thought they'd, they'd be in terms of uh, ability. And so 24 hours later, we jump right into episode two. Was that about what it was in uh, real time? Yep. All right. Did it did it um, air when it was supposed to? Because I know that was an issue last Amazing Race Australia season. It did, and I like I I actually really like that it's on two nights a week. Um, I think that fits well in with what Australian uh, television tends to do um, in terms of shows. Uh, the fact that pretty much everything that's on TV that's a reality show is like a multi-night affair. Um, so I'm glad that they kind of fit in with that trend i'm glad that it's only two nights a week and not three because uh, then it would be over really quickly um and the fact that it looks like it's just going to stay in this time slot is amazing because channel seven just moved the show around like no tomorrow one week it was on at 7 30 and the next week it was on at 8 30 the week after it's on in a different day and then by the <laughs> end like as the show's dying because oh we're not getting like viewers um maybe because they don't know when the show's actually on um then they put it on till at like 10 o'clock at night because nobody's watching it it's not worth putting on in prime time um so it's nice that channel 10 appears to have faith in the franchise and the fact that if we put it air it in the same nights every week it's gonna like attract consistent viewers and and we have faith that people are going to keep coming back to to watching it that's good to hear and i'm hoping it stays consistent throughout the year or throughout the season uh, but episode two we are still staying in south korea we almost get close to the border but we we're not leaving the country yet um which i was okay with i mean i didn't mind too much i think that kind of a new race i think just focusing a little bit on trying to get the teams and the challenges all sorted out i think it's a fine thing were you too upset about staying in korea no i was okay with it um i think it's nice to see 
two elimination legs in the same country because I feel like normally when they're in the same country for two legs, it's because one of them's a non-elimination leg. Um, and I feel like this was uh, more, I don't know, it was just different areas of the country uh, that we got to see uh, a lot more kind of uh, natural wonders rather than kind of how episode one was just purely in the city the whole time. So I was okay with it. So their first challenge of this episode is they have to count the fountains uh, right next to where they started. Um, They also started in a brand new location. They didn't continue on the bridge where they checked in, which I thought was interesting. But they're outside somewhere and they have to run across the street and count the fountains. It was weird because some of the teams got in cabs and started going. And then Nick and Femi, I think, they were running around and like checking for directions. And then they got into a cab and they were like we just went around the entire city to just come right back to where we were at the beginning and so that was a little weird in terms of setting up a challenge but um yeah just a generic counting challenge i think that it was cool to see that the fountain was turning on and off so there was some challenge to it and not all the teams figured it out on the first go viv and joey forgot they had a calculator uh sid and ash were trying all sorts of different numbers and yeah i mean it brought more than i was expecting but i, I mean not super thrilling yeah it was weird how the teams were kind of some of them were so far off on their counting like giving numbers in like the in like 100 and something and it was like 364 or whatever the actual number was um yeah i just thought it was an interesting way to start the episode um i've seen kind of a couple of comments and i agree that it was uh disappointing not to get like a leaving time so we had some idea of how far apart the teams were heading into the um episode no like departure time but um I just I thought it was fun how to have something. This was another thing that I think was meant to be kind of simple, and then it turned into um, a, like a difficult challenge. That like there wasn't many challenges in this episode. So I feel like this was a big uh, determination on kind of how the teams would would end up and and sit throughout the leg. Yeah, and so they get their next clue that they have to travel to the DMZ, which I thought was crazy. Like, I couldn't believe that they, like, were going there. Like, I thought it was fresh and exciting. I think, like, this is, in my memory of The Amazing Race, like, the first time ever they've gone there. So, like, props to Survivor, (laughs) Amazing Race Australia for doing something new. I think this is the first new thing that they did in the entire show so far. So I thought that was really fun, and they had to make a stupid flag while they were there. But, like, uh, I thought the the location, I thought that was a really fun, not fun, um, unique place to travel to on The Amazing Race. I thought it was fresh and exciting. Yeah, I agree. And kind of um, nice to see the, like, human moments throughout the race where they do have, like, a moment to kind of stop and like just think about kind of how significant it is where they are and like um leaving the message like it was a little bit lame but um i suppose nice to kind of uh, have that moment for the teams as much that maybe it wasn't great tv to watch and the nuns being their traditional selves and they had to take time to pray and think about the meaning of it all the nuns in there to wait 
give the emotional weight of the situation. Yeah, yep. So now there's there's nobody left to do that anymore. So we're not having any more emotional visits or tasks. Maybe Sid and Ash will do it. You never know. Yeah, stop for the uh, Instagram post with an uh, inspirational um, hashtag. <laughs> hashtag <Yep>. blessed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and after that, they get their um, only challenge here from the rest of the episode, which is the detour, which is, um, what were the names? The drone one versus the other one. What were they called? Do you remember? All hard or all thumbs. <laughs> yeah, see, are you all hard or all thumbs? How can you forget? <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a classic line. I've been saying it ever since. Um, but the one all hard is doing the military boot camp drills, which we saw in the Amazing Race Canada a few seasons ago, versus flying a drone, which we just saw in the last season of the Amazing Race Canada. Um, super lackluster challenges. I thought that there were some moments throughout it, like trying to get these nuns to figure out how to work a drone was funny. I, um, Sid and Ash thinking that they had to carry two tires each, and then convincing the other team that they had to take two tires each uh, was interesting. Um, it was funny when uh, I think it was either Roa or Imani who was on the thing and like Sid was shaking the thing so that they may fall. Like there were some moments throughout it, but on the whole it wasn't super thrilling. It was really like a first in, you get it done, you're out kind of thing, especially considering the order of the, uh, arrivals hardly changed from the first episode. So mm-hmm. a little bit of a, a reflection on the challenges here, but I mean, definitely different. And I think visually interesting to see, but not really that special to watch. Yeah. I think they've done well with the detours in making them suited to different strengths, um, which I think they kind of needed to do with, with like, the mix of teams um, physically, and by that I pretty much just mean the nuns because everybody else seems fairly um, physically capable, even though the nuns were kind of surprising in, in how they performed in physical tasks. But, um, yeah, I think the big problem with this was the fact that the boot camp was like, if you do not overtake somebody carrying the tires up the hill, then you're, like, stuck behind them unless they fall off. And even if they fall off, then, like, I was like, how do you get in front of them? Cause they're still like, att- they're still attached to the wire. It's not like they fall to the ground. So there has to be some moment of them like still getting off the wire. And then like, do they just have to start over? Um, there was just like zero opportunity to like pass people at the detour, which I think was just really bad challenge design. Cause we had all these teams just banking up behind the others and like, they're going really slow, but we can't get past them. There's nothing we can do about it. There were issues with, like, the arrivals again at this and, like, what order people were in. The nuns are, like, pulling up to the drone thing and you get this caption that says currently in last place. But then at this point in time, like, Sid and Ash and Femi and Nick haven't been shown getting to the the boot camp yet. So it's like, well, technically they're not in last place because they're ahead of those two other teams. Um yeah, just just I think there's just been challenge issues in terms of difficulty in the first two legs. Um, the best thing about this again was the uh, 
Korean commando instruction instructor yelling at the teams. Um, they just yeah, there needs to be more to it. Maybe like a timed element if there's going to be no chance to overtake uh, in the actual course itself. Um, but I agree that like the drones had some great moments. Um, just like the nuns practicing in like the taxi on the way there and them watching the example like super intensely rather than just getting into the challenge um, was good. But yeah, overall, I've kind of a pretty lack, lackluster uh, detour, I think. I did think it uh, used the old school Amazing Race uh, mantra of like, you've got this one task that's super physical. But if you can do it, you can get through it. Or this task that's a little bit longer, but if you have the skill set for it, you can get really ahead. Like, I think, I felt like that was there. And I thought that made it a little bit more interesting than, say, the first one, which didn't really have a little bit, of, had no real complexity to it. I thought that this one is a little mm-hmm. bit more specific on skills. Uh, and it was just fun to see some of the teams, like, really do it. Um, I was a little upset in seeing like Rowan Amani, they were talked up as these like really strong athletes, but they didn't really excel too well in this challenge. And, you know, Nick and Femi were like these huge guys, but they didn't really excel at it either. So, um, it must've been more challenging than we, than we get to experience on the watching it. But, um, yeah, it was a challenge and they had to unknowingly have the clue in the backpack. Uh, they sold that as a big deal. Um, but again, we saw Bo doing the mud challenge, so that was a good. Uh, I really enjoyed that. And this entire time, I was worried. I was like, "Oh no, please don't let the nuns go! Don't let the nuns go!" Um, it was written in the stars, but I was hoping that they wouldn't. Um, and then, so after that, they have to get to the pit stop, but they have to go whitewater rafting to get there, and then sort of climb up a little bit to get to the official pit stop. I thought that was better than just getting to the pit stop. I thought it was a, a, a nice scenic change from, like you said, the city to now more, uh, you know, natural settings and stuff. So I thought that was good and no real overtaking in the sort of getting to the pit stop. But I like that we had somewhat of a four way race at the end of those last four teams trying to check in as soon as they could. But they edited out all the suspense of the last two teams trying to check in when the nuns are ahead and the guys are like, we're going to overtake them, but we spin out and they're like, oh no, they're out. And then all of a sudden, like the next thing you see is them running up and then the guys somehow pass the nut, like way to edit out any interest in the episode Amazing Race. I agree. And I think like the, the build up to this was, was so good. Like you mentioned with like all four teams being there, you have like Rora and Amani trying to get into their boat and then like, Sid and Ash, like, are, are there as well. And then, like, the nuns show up, and they're like, oh, my gosh, there's other teams here. Like, what's happening? Um, they don't stop to pray at this point. Um, <laughs> potentially their downfall, I don't know. Um, but, oh, they, it just, yeah, I like, the last moment, there was, like, more that they could have done with it. Um, but I loved the, like, Bo's commentary, the fact that he could see, uh, like, the graphics, too, of exactly where the teams were, even though, like, I hate them for, like, building up this hope that, like, the nuns might actually survive this. Um, oh, just so, like, so many good moments that were just ruined in, in like, the ending to just be, to just kind of fall flat. Because um, I was con- I was convinced. I was like, the nuns are going to get there, getting overtaken on the water by, like, Femi and Nick. 
week and then all of a sudden they've actually like maintained their lead, if anything, maybe even built it up a little bit. Um, yeah, just and just, yeah, the, the whole like seeing them on the stairs and they're running, we've got the markers and then cut to like the corner and it's just like... And it's just, I don't know, more that they could have done. The shot needs to be, like, behind, like, Bo and, like, the pit stop greeter or, like, facing them and we don't see who checks in and we go to an ad. There was just more that could have been done uh, with the ending there. Yeah, they could have cut to an ad. They love cutting to ads in Australia. Mm, and then we get a repeat of the last five minutes when we come back from the ad. <laughs> I did I didn't have to do a little bit of skipping ahead each episode because... Um, seen this before do not need a recap of the past three minutes yeah but if you don't get a recap in the middle of your episode are you watching mm, this is true yeah but they they add in a buffer so that people who go to get snacks or go to the bathroom have a little bit extra time oh no trust me there's plenty of time in the ad break <laughs> how long is an ad break very too long too long and too much of the same ads and if you watch anything on 10 play who have just like changed their ad recently and how they work and the fact that i need to get a pop-up before the ads that says your program will resume shortly like i'm an idiot who can't realize that i'm watching an ad and not the actual show and be so annoyed and put your ads at the same volume as the show (laughs) itself so i have to keep adjusting the volume every time an ad comes on for something stupid if you want people to buy the Bankwest Halo ring, then make the ad the same volume as the show that you're showing, and I don't need to see it three times back to back. Tell us how you really feel. Mm. Um, just some of Colin's commentary on it was he wished that Sid and Ash tried to steal a landmine from the DMZ. Um, he said there was literally no shakeup, so that was a big downside of the episode. Um, he said, he's, I don't think he's ever seen identical rankings back-to-back episodes like this. Um, and then he loved the rafting at the end toward the finish line. He said he wished we'd get more clear races to pit stops. Yeah, it felt very old-school Amazing Race, like running with another team right there to get to the pit stop. But they edited out all the drama of it, which really sucks. Because this could have been, like, the moment of the first two episodes but instead the moment of the first two episodes was everyone trying to find the first clue in the first episode like (laughs) a little bit of a buzzkill um now two episodes in we have almost the same identical order so i doubt any of your opinions change from episode one to episode two on the teams um no they haven't i think um Everybody has some point of interest. I really like Tom and Tyler. Um, I just I think they're kind of genuinely nice people by the by the seams of things, and not, and and not in an, like an annoying way. Um, uh, I really Chris and Adrian. I think are really a uh, cool team as well, uh, who I'm looking forward to seeing more of. Um, and also. Femi and Nick, like, this is a big kind of fall, like, the only team that fell down the order from them, and they definitely haven't kind of lived up to expectations at at, uh, this point in time. Um, Also, I just want to touch on the fact that Bo, when he eliminates the nuns, like, it's, it's like, Judy and Therese, you're eliminated, is, like, 
pretty much his exact line of, of when they step on the mat. I'm like, where's my, you are the 10th team to check in and you have been eliminated. Like he has his whole, like this episode, the last team to check in may be eliminated. And then just few injuries, <laughs> you're eliminated. Like no suspense. Like I'm not letting you think it's an elimination. You're gone. Um, so it's nothing for him to work on in the future. As soon as the last team checks in and he doesn't say you're eliminated is his first line, we know that it's a non-elimination like <laughs> Well, yeah, I did note that in the beginning or the first episode that he they had specifically said in the clue that the first team or the last team to check in will be eliminated. And then in this episode that it said that it may be eliminated. So I thought that that was like like, throw in suspense, like, they may not be eliminated, but they obviously eliminate that when the host says, you're out, like. Not even, like, one second after just stepping on the mat, too. There wasn't any Didn't even check in. (laughs) um, And no, like, just, like, the classic moment of, like, oh, like, let's ask, like, Femi and Nick about, like, the nuns and, like, oh, like, we're sad to see them go. Like, they're really, like, tough races or whatnot. It's just Femi and Nick, like, why are you guys doing so bad? Like, you should be better than this. Um, not <laughs> really a, a fitting emotional send-off <laughs> for the nuns at this point. Just, you're eliminated. Goodbye. Thanks for the two episodes of good television. Yeah, they got, well, like, the no... The Australia just mourns their loss. No send-off. No, like, proper send-off. They had, like, a few comments to the camera, but that was, like, so, like, underdeveloped. Like, we can get, like, the the first one was fine. Like, they sent off Alana and Nico pretty well, I thought, from mm-hmm. my memory. And then the nuns get, like, nothing, because the, all the conversation is, guys, what happened to you? Like, you're so big and strong, like... And it, it was just so disappointing, especially when the team eliminated is like such characters. It's not like, oh, it's just like kind of a boring team. It was like an interesting team, like with like a cool archetype, like nuns. We've never seen nuns on The Amazing Race, at least from my knowledge. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, like the most interesting team in the whole season goes home and there's no big send off. I'm disappointed that we don't get to see them. <laughs> Like, just imagine the nuns competing in other challenges throughout the season. Like, there wasn't enough. Like, where's, like, the nuns in their dancing challenge or, like, the nuns having to bungee jump? Riding um, an elephant. And doing everything in, like, those, like, skirts as well, which would have been so, like, restrictive. And I just imagine, like, how, like, hot and, like, horrible and humid it would have been. Like, there was a lot more, like, that we could have seen from them if, they, if they'd lasted just, like, a little bit more. Yeah, very disappointing. Uh, shame on Amazing Race Australia for having too many physical challenges in the first episode. Where's rigging the non-elimination episode for just any episode where the nuns come last, honestly? Yeah, they have to pull it out. Uh, where was the praying challenge? Like, um, So, let's go to our predictions before we kind of talk about the episodes. Um, so, we did our preseason predictions... At the preseason, uh, obviously, the um, so Alana and Nico came in last place. I said they would come in ninth place, so I was two off. Colin said they would come in seventh place, so he was quite a bit off. But Jared, you said they would come in last, and they did. So you were right on the money. You don't you don't know any spoilers, right? I do not. But um, I mean, it kind of seems like I do, but I did not know any spoilers. Okay. Our beloved nuns came in 10th place, and 
like the show, I will not put any suspense in this. We all said they would come in 10th place. <laughs> so we all get the point on that one. Um, so right now, Jared, you have two points, and the rest of us, Colin and I, both have one point. Um, looking to the future, uh, uh, I'll talk about our winner picks. Uh, you and I both said that Tom and Tyler would win. Uh, I think we both knew the track record of The Amazing Race Australia, mm-hmm. seeing the winners and knowing that an all-male team would win again. I'm feeling pretty good about that pick at the moment, two episodes in. <laughs> yeah, two episodes in, they haven't gotten any worse than first. So we'll see how that goes. And uh, Colin put Sin Ash as the winning team. <laughs> so... <laughs> then, like... Surely, I feel like everything is being set up at this point. Like, as soon as, like, the U-turn comes into play, like, who is not, like, using it on Sid Nash? Unless we get, like, a strategic use of, like, U-turning a strong team, which I kind of doubt. Um, Like, Sid Nash, like, they've set themselves up for, like, big trouble later down the road. Are we going to get the U-turn vote? Well, <laughs> there's no point in putting any suspense in that. Just don't even have them vote. Just have Bo. Sid Nash, we have a U-turn vote. We don't need to vote. You've been U-turn. Yeah, I don't think anyone's in contention for a U-turn at this point, other than them. Uh, and looking toward next uh, elimination, if we have another elimination coming up, uh, I said that... Um, I said Alana and Nico would come in ninth, so that doesn't really do well for me. Um, you said Roa and Amani would come in ninth, which could happen. They're they're low at the pack right now. I mean, at this point, based on the first two episodes, everyone's going to just stay the same to the end, and it's going to be a final three of whoever the first three teams are. Um, and Colin, very interestingly enough, put Tom and Tyler coming in ninth. Which oh, I, all the ads have been teasing. It's it's a big downfall for them next week. Oh, wasn't it? Mm, which I think will be kind of one minute of the episode before they finish first again. Yeah, they get lost on the way to the pit stop for like mm. two seconds, but then they're like, oh, there it is. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. You never know. It could be a, a crazy episode where things change up. Maybe they really standard, and now they're going to kind of just flip it around for the third episode. But we'll see. We'll have to get to... Um, the next two episodes next week. But we have to rate the two episodes. So what would you like to do for episode one? Um, I think episode one is rent-worthy just because we have the Amazing Race Australia back on our screens. Um, I think that kind of in itself as the premiere, the season's back, um, is, is worthy of a rent. Colin gives the first episode a respectable bin, as he puts it. (laughs) Um, I'm not quite sure what that means, but I think it's somewhere between bin and rent for him, but he goes on the bin side. Uh, As much as I praised it, I'm going to have to bin this episode, the first episode, just because of some of the offness, like no dramatic opening. Like it was very lackluster, the awkward cringe hugging at the pit stop, like, Three, two, one, go. Yeah, a few things that just are irredeemable in my eyes. But it, it's, like, not a bin that I hated it. Like, it, it's just, like... Could be better. It's, like, a, a straight-to-DVD type Amazing yeah. Race episode that I just didn't love. For episode two, what would you rate? 
Uh, two, I think I've been. Um, I think it, it doesn't have the same uh, pristine sheen of being a premiere episode. Uh, the faults, there's less excuses now. They've had one episode to get it right. <laughs> um, <laughs> there were some good changes host-wide, but, but I think like the production and editing issues are still the same with teams just going missing for big portions and having no idea of of what the order is, even though it's staying exactly the same. Um, and, yeah, just challenges where there was, like, no opportunity to overtake throughout the episode. So uh, straight to the bin. Colin gives it a very high rent. Oh. Which is very opposite of you. You're like, bin, get, get out of here. And Colin is almost buying this episode. I think that comes down to the end. I think he thought it was a lot more dramatic yeah. than both of you and I did. But, um... We'll have to ask him if he decides to join us at any other time, see how what he thought. Um, and I will... See, I was torn. I was going to rent it, but then you bring up a lot of good points about, like, no overtaking. And, like, even though the order didn't change, I still didn't know what order anyone was in. <sighs> yeah, I'm going to bin it. Um, I, like, enjoyed this episode a lot more than the first one. Cause I thought that the commentary was great. There was no awkward hugging, no three, two, one go, like all this stuff that I didn't like about the first one, like wasn't here, but it just like the editing was still a little wonky and there was not enough challenges. There was like not enough to do in this episode. So that is it for our very first week of coverage of the amazing race Australia. Can you believe it? I cannot believe it. It's just, I'm still kind of in shock that it's, it's back. Um, I don't know, it's just this current resurgence in reality TV classics in Australia. I expect uh, The Mole to come back on Channel 8 next year. I mean, you got Survivor, uh, Amazing Race, and then Big Brother coming back next year. So you've got a mm. really exciting the time big, for reality TV. The big three uh, are back in business on Australian television. And there's always Love Island and The Bachelor, Bachelor mm-hmm. in Paradise, Master Bachelorette. With new hosts. Um, the Block, which we don't understand why anybody watches it, but it remains the top-rated show. Um, but, you know, Channel 9, uh, I suppose they've got to put something on here. It is just a golden age for reality TV in Australia right now. Uh, and we will hopefully be back here next week to talk about the second week of episodes for The Amazing Race Australia. Uh, hopefully Colin will be with us. We'll see what he's up to. Um, we're not really sure who's going to be on, who's going to be doing what, but uh, Jared will always be here, so it'll probably just be between Jared and whoever joins him. <laughs> but that'll do it for us. Uh, stay tuned for all the stuff on the Oz Network. Survivor coverage is con- still going on as the Island of the Idols is moving and grooving. Uh, Star Wars stuff is coming out, and... Uh, We teased it a little bit in some of the episodes Colin and I did, but we have a new series coming out either late this year or early next year that will replace our third watch coverage at the moment. And yeah, stay tuned for all the stuff. Download, listen, buy, rent, bin, and uh, we'll see you next week for more Awkward Hugging. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.